Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the word. Every time um, we sing Christmas songs, but especially some of the older ones, um, I love it when the kids sing, and I also love hearing their own versions of how the song goes. My kids sing them all kinds of different ways in our house, and when I was little, I would sing, oh well, instead of Noel. Oh well, oh well, and it would end with, Barney's the king of Israel. Yeah, so... (laughs) The original version is a lot better. Well, I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas, even when I was singing about Barney. Um, And Christmas has always been a very special time in our household. But it doesn't mean that Christmas for me has always been without grief or sorrow mixed in with the hope and the peace that Christmas brings. And I'm guessing that there's some of you in here tonight that would be able to say, yes, I've had Christmases past that have been touched by grief, or maybe you're in the midst of something right now, or a loved one close to you, and this Christmas is turning out to be a little difficult. I've had Christmases where I've lost a brother, a baby, a friend, extended family members. So I don't think anyone is really exempt, even though I wish that were the case, from grief at Christmas time. So I kept thinking of what to share with those of you tonight who can relate to that, grief during Christmas. And I kept coming back to a memory that I had with my eldest brother. And at that time, My parents had given him an ultimatum. You can stop doing drugs or you can move out. And there was a lot of yelling and screaming and slamming of doors and tears. And uh, my brother chose drugs instead of family at that moment. So in the midst of that chaos, I grabbed a dry erase marker, went into his room, he wasn't in there, and decided that I would write a message on his mirror. What I wrote was some lyrics of a song that I had written a few years beforehand. And it said, I won't give up on you, my child. I'll wipe your tears and your fears away. I see my stain on you, which is the blood of Jesus that was spilt for him. I see my stain on you, my child, and I won't give up on you. At the time, he felt hopeless in his addiction, and we felt hopeless in how to help him even though we loved him tremendously. Christmas is a time of hope and joy. And when we or someone that we love are experiencing pain or heartache, it can be really hard to see the joy and the hope that Christmas is all about. And that can make us feel alone. It can make us feel dark, maybe heavy. But what I love most, one of the things that I love most, about the Christmas story is that Jesus didn't just come in broad daylight. He came in the night. I think he did that on purpose because he's light. 
Jesus came in the night. He sent the good news to the outcast. He came to bring joy and hope right in the midst of wherever and whatever you're facing. And it's not a feeling that he's bringing, it's himself. He is hope, he is joy, and he is with you. So if he were to grab a marker and walk into your bedroom this evening and write something on your mirror for you to see, I believe it would say something like this. I won't give up on you, my child. I won't give up on your circumstance. Lift your head, lift your heart. Emmanuel will meet you where you are. I know your hurt. I know your name. And you're the very reason that I came. Thank you, Father, that you are here, you're present in this room, and you care about the brokenhearted, you care about the lonely, you care about the ones that feel hopeless and stuck. We all are the reason that you came, but you leave the 99 for the one. So even if it's just one person, that's feeling hopeless in this room. You wanted to make sure that there was a space for them to know that they are loved, that they are seen, that they are known, that they are not too far gone, that nothing is too big or too impossible for you, that there's not a hurt or a place in their heart and their soul, that your love cannot touch, cannot mend, cannot heal. So we pray for that person and we thank you that you see them, you know them, you love them, and you are meeting them right where they are, right in the thick of it, in the midst of it, and you are speaking truth. You are bringing your light, you are bringing hope, you are bringing love because you are wrapping them in you. You are the light, the love, the hope, and you have always been with them. You have always been for them, and you will always be with them, and you will always be for them no matter what. There is nothing that they have ever done or ever can do that can separate them from your love. There is nothing. You love them from the moment that you thought of them before they were even known on a sonogram. You loved them. You formed them. You've breathed purpose and destiny into their life. And your plans for them are good and lovely and pure. Your love for them can be trusted. So no matter where we are in our journey tonight, we thank you that Emmanuel, that you are with us, God with us and that your love and your hope runs deeper and is stronger. And we can lean into you, knowing that your goodness meets us in the hard stuff. Your faithfulness meets us in the hard stuff. That you don't shy away from those places. And it's okay for us to be real and open with you about where we are. Christmas isn't about pretending, it's about how real you are and how real your love is, even in the messy stuff. So we speak hope and life into every situation that anyone is walking in in this room tonight. 
In Jesus' name, amen. He's worthy, amen? Amen. In the Christmas story, we are introduced to several people who are vastly different from one another. First, we all know that we're introduced to a young couple named Joseph and Mary who were betrothed to be married, but before their wedding day, Mary had an encounter with an angel who tells her that that basically that very soon she would be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, conceive not just a son, but the Son of God. Now, as one could expect, her uh, soon-to-be husband really struggled with that news, so much so that he considered calling off the wedding. But we know that before he could, an angel actually appeared to him in a dream telling him not to worry because Mary was telling him the truth. Now, if you fast forward in the story, in nine months, here we are, we see this young couple who no doubt spent hours and hours trying to understand the, the complexity of their situation. Here they are, they find themselves on a very difficult 100-mile journey from their hometown in Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. Next in the story, we're introduced to a group of shepherds on a distant hillside who were busy taking care of their flock. You know, most people at this time period consider them to be uh, a poor, lower-class group of men. But yet to these men, an angel suddenly appeared announcing the birth of our Savior. And then uh, once that angel announced the, the birth of the Savior, uh, the Bible tells us that the entire sky was lit up with a multitude of angels basically praising God for what was taking place. Now, once those angels disappeared, we know that the shepherds kind of looked around at one another and they decided to take a journey of their own off that hillside down to the town of Bethlehem to see the Savior they just heard about. And lastly, we're introduced to several wise men. Unlike the shepherds, they were wealthy, educated men from a far-off country. Now, biblical history would tell us that they were astrologers and and it also says that somehow they, they witnessed a phenomenon, a star in the sky that they somehow discerned to be a sign, the sign of the birth of the Messiah. In response to what they saw, they set out on a 750-mile journey across the desert for one reason, and that was to come to worship Him. So again, in the Christmas story, we are introduced to a young couple, a group of shepherds, several wise men but here's what i want us to see is that even though their journeys were as different as they were their journeys actually led them all to the same place to a baby but not just a baby this baby was known as the son of god it was god in the flesh whom the bible repeatedly calls the light of the world in fact isaiah prophesied about this light that would come 700 years before that evening. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it simply says this. It says, the people who walked in darkness will see a great light. Can somebody say great light? Great light. It says, for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Or to put it in different words, a light will be born. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's easy to sit back and question if the birth of Jesus is still relevant for today. Like, beyond just singing some songs and, and you know, the occasional decoration nod to the birth of Jesus, like, does this story 
still mean anything to people like you and me. Because more than likely, I would dare to say that not a single person in this room, you know, hopped on your favorite donkey to get here tonight. Right? More than likely, you know, you, you got invited to church. You didn't, and it wasn't by a host of angels, you know, whatever, coming above your house, you know, telling you to come here tonight. And more than likely, nobody used the stars, a GPS to get here, right? So is this Christmas story that, that we've been hearing about our entire lives, man, is it still relevant? Can I pose a, maybe a better question than, than is it still relevant to us tonight? Maybe the better question would be this. Is there still darkness in this world? I believe we all know the answer is what? Yes. The truth is, is you and I don't have to travel to the other side of the world to find darkness. The reality is it's in our region. We all know people who struggle you know, in life because they're empty. They don't have hope. We all know somebody that has no peace and no joy. People who are depressed. People who are addicted. People who live in fear. People who are angry and bitter. People that are stressed out. We all know somebody that's disappointed in life. Someone that's living in doubt and negativity. We all know relationships that are broken. We know folks that are literally in the bondage of sin. We know folks that are, you know, that they've received a bad diagnosis and their health is failing. We all know people, just as Candace mentioned earlier, they're struggling with the loss of a loved one. We all know somebody that's constantly dealing with scenarios that are out of their control. Have you ever met that person? See, all around us, and maybe not beyond these four walls, but maybe even in this very room tonight, Man, people are in overwhelming situations that they don't know how to get out of because it's real spiritual darkness. So maybe the best question tonight isn't, is this story still relevant or is there still darkness in the world? Maybe the best question that you and I should be asking tonight is, is there still a need for the light? believe we can all agree the answer is yes see this is one of my favorite things about Jesus that in spite of my pain and your pain in spite of my failings and your failings my sin and your sin in spite of our internal darkness that we all wrestle with at some point in our life man he didn't stay away like, that's what we keep singing about tonight. He didn't stay away. He didn't remain at some safe distance, kind of stretch his long arm out there and kind of pat us on the back and tell us, hang in there, it'll be okay, it'll get better. You know, he didn't say, cheer up, it's all right. He didn't say any of that. The Bible tells us that he set aside his divinity, which means his divine rights as God. He set that aside, literally, his kingly garments. He set them aside and he clothed himself with human flesh so that he could come to this earth as a helpless baby, as Emmanuel, as, let these words sink in, please, as God with us. Understand that word, with us, that he is acquainted with your grief, he's acquainted with your sorrow, he has witnessed firsthand the darkness that's in this world. But I want us to understand something tonight. As beautiful as all of that is, and as much as I think it's right for us to celebrate the birth of Christ, 
His purpose in coming to the earth was not to give you and I some sweet little picture of this cute little baby boy in a manger. Like that little baby that we're singing about tonight and we're celebrating this season, man, he was born to die for you and for me. And if we miss that, then we miss the entire purpose of Christmas. See, we need to remember that that baby grew up. That baby lived a sinless life. He didn't come to teach, uh, you know, some truth. He came to teach the truth, right? He performed incredible miracles. And at the, at the culmination of all of that, because as, as the angel even told Joseph that he came to save the sins of the world because that's why he came, man, he ultimately chose to give his life as a sacrifice, as a ransom for you and I by dying on the cross by being buried, and by three days later, raising from the dead. It's good news, amen? Listen, he did it all so he could do this, so he could dispel the darkness from our lives. See, that's why Jesus said this in John chapter 8, speaking of himself. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, please don't miss that key word there, if you follow me all throughout the scripture that is like the hinge of what the gospel swings on it's if which means you and i have a choice it means that it doesn't automatically happen without our involvement in it so if you follow me you won't have to walk in darkness man that's the best news i can give you today like if i could declare anything in the Midcoast region that we live in, it'd be simply that, that this thing called Christianity isn't for just a bunch of weird people, right? That literally, that Jesus came so people that you and I know very well, so we, they don't have to walk in darkness. And then it says this, it says, because you will have the light that leads to life. See, Jesus came to bring an abundant life to you and me, right? So, so what was he saying in the scripture? He was simply saying this, that when you and I say yes to him, when we say, Jesus, here's my life, take it, save me, right? That he comes and he replaces all of that darkness that we've wrestled with, with his light. And in doing so, the exchange in, in, from our darkness to his light, he forgives us of our sins. He gives us hope. He restores our value and our identity. He heals our pain and our brokenness. He comes and He gives us uh, peace. He gives us love. He gives us joy, right? He sets us free from addiction. He restores those broken relationships. He fills our heart, not with doubt, not with negativity, but with faith. He gives us a purpose and a meaning to life. And we wake up, we put our feet on the floor in the morning. We know why we're alive. Right? He completely came so he could transform us from the inside out. He truly came, guys, to dispel darkness from every part of our lives. Now, as I say that, because I've been doing life for a while now, I understand that there's probably somebody in this room that's here thinking, okay, Quentin, that's great, but man, you don't really know what I'm going through. I want you to know tonight, you're right, I don't know what you're going through, but here's what I have 100% confidence in. He does. He knows exactly what you're going through. 
right? And he's made you a promise that I want you to hear tonight. It, it actually comes out of John chapter 1. Simply says this, is that he will not only shine his light in your darkness, but he said that the darkness that you face would never be able to extinguish his light. Let me give that to you in really simple terms. That whatever you're facing, it's not stronger than him. And so, and so don't allow the enemy to lie to you to think that whatever you're going through, that somehow that it's bigger and greater than Jesus, because it's not. He also promised us this, that if we're in this room and we don't know him, like maybe once again, somebody invited us here and we're like, okay, I don't, I don't even understand half of what's going on. Um, man, if, you, if you're not right with Jesus, he said this. He said that he would rescue you from the kingdom of darkness. Because if you don't know him, you're living in the kingdom of darkness. And then he said this, that he would literally rescue you from that, save you from that, and he would put you in his kingdom of light. And so if I can kind of just bring this down for a minute, to understand that when we get past all of the decorations, all the giving and receiving of gifts that we'll be doing over the next week or so, we get past all the singing and all the food and all the family gatherings and all the weight we're going to gain, right? Hallelujah. Listen, the Christmas story is simply about receiving not a baby, not a feel-good moment. It's about receiving a free gift of light, which is called salvation. So let's bring this full circle and let's land it on everybody's doorstep for a moment. See, whether we realize or not, like Joseph and Mary, like the shepherds, like the wise men, we're all on a journey. If you know it or not, you're on a journey. And our journeys are as different as we are from one another. The details, all that, they're different. But we have to understand that they all lead to the same place, Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Our journey will lead us to Jesus either in this life or the next. But rest assured, we will get there. See, the Bible says every person's born with eternal life. That's why when you and I go to a funeral and there's body laying in the casket, we say, that's not them. Why? Because the spirit is the real to you. And the moment you take your last breath, you go somewhere, right? And so there's this understanding that if we say, please hear me, if you haven't heard me say anything today, if we say yes to him in this life, we get to receive him as the light of the world and all those amazing things that we talked about earlier, they're for us. But if we choose to reject Jesus in this life and wait until after we die to meet him, we will not meet him as the light of the world. We will meet him as judge of the world. And in the first place, if we meet him in this life, he dispels darkness from us. But if we meet him in the next, we will be judged according to the darkness we lived in. I don't say that to be judgmental. I don't say that to be hyper-religious or to beat anybody up. I'm telling you that because it's true. There's a huge difference between those two. And my only hope is this, is just as Jesus had ultimately a choice to come to this earth or not, and just as Mary had a choice to carry him in her womb, and just as much as Joseph had a choice to say, you know what, I'll raise him, the Messiah. I will take responsibility. And as those shepherds had a choice to come off that hillside, and those wise men had a choice to go worship him, you and I have a choice to serve him or not. He'll never twist her arm. He'll never make it. 
make us do it. He just presents his love to us, and then he says, you know what, it's up to you. He's not angry with you because the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. What's repentance? It's simply where we say, Jesus, my life is yours. Yes, forgive me of my sins, and I'm going to do a 180. I'm going to turn, and I'm going to start following him wholeheartedly. That's what he's inviting you to. So if you can, please close your eyes and bow your heads with me just for a moment. There's nothing super special about that other than the fact that that person next to you might be super good looking and very distracting. If you can, lean in with me here for a moment. Holy Spirit, we simply ask that you would come and you begin to move on every person's heart in this room. Holy Spirit, you are the one that really reveals to us where we're at. You reveal the condition of our heart and the condition of our soul. And Lord, I'm asking that you would just move in this room. Lord, I'm asking that you would reveal the darkness that maybe we are battling at this moment. It might be darkness that's been thrusted upon us or it may be darkness we've chosen. But Lord, if there's darkness in this room, we're asking today in the mighty name of Jesus that you would begin to shine your light on it and you'd begin to dispel it, that you would step in just as you stepped into this world 2,000 years ago. We're asking you to step into this moment, step into our lives today in Jesus' name. Father, whatever it is that needs to happen with the people that's here, Lord, we ask that you would do it. Father, And we pray for those that maybe don't know you at this moment, but in their heart right now, they say, God, I got to get right with you. I, I need you. I need your light. Lord, we just simply come in agreement and pray with them. And we just simply ask that you would come and you would save us. Father, we ask today that, that you would forgive us of our sins. We, in fact, we just say we repent of our sins and we surrender our lives to you. Father, we declare to you tonight, as it says in Romans chapter 10, that we believe that you, Jesus, are the Son of God, that you are Emmanuel, that you did live a sinless life for us and you did die on the cross so our sins could be forgiven. And we believe that you didn't stay in that, in that grave, but you did resurrect. God, you, and you were resurrected so that we could have victory over darkness. And so, Lord, tonight, once again, according to your word, we just simply say that we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that you are our Lord and our Savior. Lord, we ask today that you would fill us up with your light, fill us up with your spirit, fill us up with your presence. God, and we ask that you would help us to love you and to serve you all the days of our lives. Come on, can you just pray this out loud with me for a moment? Say, Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. Jesus, please dispel the darkness from my life I want to walk in victory I want to walk in wholeness Amen Thank you for joining us today Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor Have a great week and God bless